Pubcasters, welcome back. Can you believe it? We're almost halfway through our season, delivering you quality information on all things music publishing. In this episode, we sit with my friend Matt Cottingham, who is partner at Lewis Brisboy, and we are decoding first publishing deals. Let's just kind of jump into it. The way I would like to approach this is I'm just going to play the role of songwriter that just got to town and is looking at publishing deals. If you're looking at a publishing deal or you're getting an offer, let's just say we're at deal memo phase. What are some of the important things that we typically need to look at right off the bat? What are important to you? Yeah, so I would say the most important piece, um, even for a you know a freshman deal, uh, your you know your first publishing deal would be um, the co-pub, you know, whether you're getting any, uh, retaining any of the copyrights. So Nashville typically for brand new writer deals has been a, you know, a full pub town, as we kind of call it, where, you know, the writers are assigning a hundred percent of the copyright to the publisher, uh, in exchange for some kind of, you know, draw monthly draw or advance. And that, you know, the publisher owns that copyright for the life of the copyright. Um, you know, there is a, you know, statutory termination, right? Uh, 35 years down the road, but that's, it's a, it's a long way out there. So um, what we're trying to do, even for a first time deal is claw some of that, you know, copyright back and retain some of that um, so that, you know, the songwriters building, you know, long-term assets that they can sell down the road if they're able to write hit songs. Um, and so, you know, typically it's, it's fairly, you know, common to get co-publishing on your schedule a, which are, you know, all the songs that you're bringing into the deal. Um, you know, if you're an artist as well, and you know, that we're usually able to get co-pub on songs that you release as the featured artist, if you sign a, you know, quote unquote, qualifying label agreement, um, you know, sometimes we're able to get, um, co-pub based on, you know, um, success thresholds. And I've done deals where it's based on, uh, recoupment or it's based on uh, a certain number of songs hitting you know certain income thresholds or chart positions so there's you know incentive-based co-publishing as well and then and really it's a a a question of of leverage you know if you've got if you're coming into even a you know first-time deal with you know a a cut on a major label artist and there's you know five or six publishers that are you know chasing you you know you might be able to get some co-pub even on um term songs and you know um whether that's you know the full 50 percent that you're retaining or you know something between zero and 50 maybe you're keeping a third or 25 percent i mean that's really the most important thing in these deals is trying to get as much of that you know co-publishing as possible so that you're again building long-term assets excellent yeah for me the next i i want to talk about is term um you know there's that's the length of time. And one of the things is what what's standard right now, Matt? I, when I started off in the industry, it was four to five years, but I, it feels like it's staying in kind of the shorter realm these days. Yeah, I would say, you know, it is an important part of it. Um, and I'll get into why in a second. But I would say that still, you know, the majority of the deals that I do for first time writers, it's typically in the four year range. And that might be a one plus three, meaning that there's a, you know, one year firm and then the publisher has three options to extend for you know one additional year each or you know sometimes we'll do a uh, two-year uh, firm initial period with two options for one year each some publishers like to have a you know initial period of 18 months so there's a little more runway to you know get the writer integrated so some of those deals go you know four and a half years i think the 
you know, the biggest issue that I run into with these deals sometimes uh, on the term is when it's an artist writer um, and the artist is going into the publishing deal without a label agreement in place and the publishers uh, want to get involved on the artist development side. And, you know, whether that's financially or through connections, you know, there's a, a, a whole bunch of different ways that they can help. Um, but a lot of times, you know, those publishers don't want to invest a lot of, you know, financial resources and um, time if the deal is only going to last four years. And so a lot of times they'll say, hey, if we help you get a label deal and you sign a label deal during that initial four year period, then, you know, we either get to publish your first couple of albums um, while you're you know signed to that label or we get a couple extra option periods. Um, there's a couple different ways to to structure that. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, you could you know, take that four year deal. And, you know, if it's a album based term, if you sign a label deal and it's three albums, you know, and you're assuming a two year album cycle. Now you're talking about almost a 10 year, you know, publishing agreement, which is, you know, can be a, you know, an entire career sometimes. Um, so, you know, we usually try to keep the term, you know, from a songwriter perspective, you know, keep the term, uh, as short as possible. And the reason for that is, you know, we're betting on ourselves and we're, you know, believing that the songwriter is going to write hit songs. And then we're able to use that and, you know, as a renegotiation tool and give the publisher, you know, additional option periods to get some better terms. And maybe that's, you know, again, calling back some more co-publishing, getting the advances up, you know, reducing the reversion periods, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into here in a bit. But if the deal is already you know, six or seven years, you know, we have no leverage to renegotiate if we have, you know, success early on in that deal. So that's why we try to keep it, um, you know, as short as possible. So let's jump into to the other big one I know that usually is right on top is advances. Um, I, this has been one that I've, uh, I'm always favorable, but, you know, in Nashville, historically, your first deal, you're not going to get paid a lot. Uh, and it, when I started out, that was like 18000 24000 a year. And it's held that way for a long time. But I will say now that's impossible to live on. So I think we've all bumped up a little bit and you being more seeing more deals um if you don't mind what what do you see the averages being for um uh advances these days yeah it, it is obviously uh for a lot of folks it's a very important uh point some of my writers that's the most important uh deal point um from my perspective you know i tell all my you know songwriter clients um, that's the deal point that I care about the least. Um, it's really up to each individual songwriter. Every writer has different, you know, financial situations, different, you know, family situations. I mean, I've got writers that, you know, just had their first kid and they're like, I don't care. I, you know, I can't worry about Copub. I need as much money as I can get right now. Um, so every, you know, every writer is, you know, completely, uh, different there. But I would say that, you know, the, range for a first time writer deal, I would say is probably in the 25 to $35,000 range. Um, so it definitely has gone up a little bit, but still doing a fair amount of those $25,000 deals, you know, and that is, you know, you can't live off of that in Nashville for sure. Um, and usually there's bumps, um, in subsequent contract periods, 
Um, and usually we're, you know, sometimes we're able to negotiate a little, you know, travel budget on top of that. So if the, you know, songwriter needs to travel for co-writes, that's not coming out of their, um, you know, monthly draw, um, there's a separate demo budget, you know, some publishers will be willing to agree to, a um, like a gear budget. You know, if you've got a producer writer, you might say, you know, Hey, on top of my 30 grand, can I also get, you know, three grand to go, you know, buy some new gear for my studio or something like that. So we get creative on, on some of those things. And then really it goes back to the leverage issue question, um, where, you know, if you've got multiple offers, you know, you can drive that, you know, drive that advance, um, you know, monthly draw number up. Um, but again, in my mind, I'm pushing much harder for, you know, co-pub, um, if at all possible. And, and, you know, I don't know what your experience, Tim has been, but in, in my experience, publishers are usually much more willing to throw some more money at it, um, than give up co because they know that, it, you know, long-term it can be a, you know, really valuable asset. So they may say, Oh, we can, we got to keep term songs at full pub, but we'll throw you another, you know, three grand, four grand, five grand a year or something like that, you know? So I hope to, to lay that out in terms again and simplify what we're talking about is if you can, depending on your threshold of, of uh, lifestyle and stuff, the less you can take on a draw, the more favorable a lot of times we can be on, on other things. You are correct. I, if you're willing to go with me on that, I, I will try to be favorable on the other side and give you better deal points because long term, to your point, uh, having a little bit of co-pub is way more valuable than, you know, an extra five to 10 grand a year. Uh, if you hit for sure, like way yeah. more valuable. So, uh, yeah, I get why absolutely. they want it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an asset that again, that you can sell down the road. I mean, you could always sell your, um, you know, your income stream, you know, your writer's share of royalties, but that is really just a passive, um, income, right? It's if you actually have copyright and there's a admin reversion, which allows, you know, you to control the copyright, which we can get into uh, in a bit, Tim, but um, that becomes a very valuable asset that you can sell to either, you know, your current publisher or another publisher um, down the road. That's, so that's really what we're trying to think about, even for a brand new writer, uh, first time deal, you know, building assets. And it's interesting because, you know, I think, the, because of the catalog market, um, these last couple of years, you know, and how crazy it's gotten, you know, I, it's, I have more first time songwriters that are actually bringing that up themselves and are thinking about that, um, specific issue of, you know, all right, well, you know, am I getting anything here in this deal that I'll be able to sell down the road? I always tell you first deal, probably gonna be a little painful, but, uh, hopefully you have success. You'll build that asset. I, I find most people are favorable, but you, you, since you already brought up admin and i think you did a good job of kind of clarifying admin is the the power to for us to assign you know and sign your licenses and control the copyrights that you're writing so at some point in every deal as you mentioned that there is a, an admin reversion um i think pretty you can correct me if i'm wrong standard most publishers start off asking anywhere from eight to ten you might negotiate that then the five if you're really good you might get it three and that's term plus the uh, added years, plus typically whichever's longer recoupment. Um, so uh, is that kind of what you're still seeing? I, I just, I'd imagine that that's pretty much the standard still. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because I feel like that's a very publisher-specific um, issue uh, where you know there are some publishers that feel strongly that you know the admin reversion should be longer. And uh, again, it's subject to 
to full recoupment. Um, so in my mind, it's like, you know, if you've, if you've recouped after three years and you've made a bunch of money, you know, let's let, let us have our admin rights. Cause, cause keep in mind that this is only the ability to control, you know, the writer's share of the copyright, the publisher still retains their share of the copyright and the ability to administer uh, or control their share. Right. So this is only, we're only talking about a reversion of your right to control your share of the copyright. Um, but I would say that for a first time deal, it's probably in the four to five year range with certain publishers, you know, like you said, starting at 10 and there's certain other publishers that just don't feel that strongly about it. That, you know, if it's two, three years after the term, as long as you're recouped, yeah, you can have your admin rights back, you know? So um, that's, that's one that um, is very unique depending on the publisher. Another topic, which I'm starting to see the ask of at least these days more, I am very reticent on this point still because I'm an old school publisher, reversions. I'm getting this conversation a lot lately about reverting copyright at some point. Um, are you seeing more of that? I mean, it's kind of always been around, but I feel like it's more prevalent of a conversation in some of the current deals I'm doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Nashville has typically been very anti full reversion. And, and what we're talking about for folks that don't know is, you know, before we were talking about the admin reversion, which is just the ability to control your share of the copyright, a full reversion means that all of the copyright is coming back to you at some point. And that's usually longer than those admin reversion periods that we were talking about. And it's interesting to me because I, I do a fair amount um, of deals outside of Nashville. I have, you know, pop artists and writers that are doing deals um, out of, you know, New York and LA. And the full reversions are much more common in those deals. Um, you know, if you've, especially if you've got um, a little bit of leverage, you know, to say, all right, 12 years down the road, 10 years down the road, I'm going to get all of my copyrights back. And again, that's su subject to, you know, full recoupment, um, but that's much more common. In Nashville, it's, it, you know, there's been, uh, I've done a, a, a few of those, um, but it's still, I mean, like you said, the, the publishers are saying, look, we're going to put in all this sweat equity to, to build you. Uh, I mean, it's really more of a, probably a third or fourth uh, deal type question that we're issue that we're that when it's coming up, I mean, we're not doing any full reversions for brand new artist deals with, with no activity, you know, but if you're doing your third or fourth deal, I mean, also, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we're also, you know, the, we're doing a lot more just straight up admin deals. I mean, um, you know, you've got cobalt, but even the majors are more willing to do, at just admin agreements where they're administering the copyrights for some period of time, but the writer is retaining ownership, 100% ownership of those copyrights. So that's becoming more common as well. Yeah, that's a that's a new one. Um, I've seen more, particularly with artists that uh, are getting rather hefty advances for long-term administrative agreements or recoupment. You know, which is uh, interesting. Don't really like that as an independent small publisher, but you know, things change. I'm I'm learning to uh, to deal with it, uh, and I don't like to revert. I'm an old schooler. I just like to build an asset that you know at some point someone can uh, can sell so I'm, I'm watching this happen it seems like it's coming around more and more and the last thing is uh <laughs> it kind of lands on your side of the fence is because we're talking new deals you have to be prepared there's legal fees because you're going to be talking to an attorney uh typically uh i would guess 
I still, for the most part, see that um, is particularly with a brand new rider because we realize you may not have the asset to be able to pay your attorney's fees. It usually is still falling into an advance and uh, is covered by the publishing company. Again, particularly in the new rider phase, I assume that's still standard out there in the world. Yeah, I would say, you know, 95% of the deals that we do, the legal fees are covered. Uh, by the publisher. And again, those are advances. Uh, so recu- they go onto your, you know, onto your account as a recoupable expense, but at least it's on top of your monthly draw, your advance, you know, you're not having to come um, out of pocket for that. And those fees vary based on, you know, the publisher, the deal, the attorney, um, all of that stuff. Um, it's a pretty wide range actually. So. Yeah. I've I've seen the uh, it's probably been a time uh, attorneys fees are coming in higher than they used to be. Uh, that's not me throwing shade at you because we do deals together, but uh, it's about time they've stayed around the same for a very long time. It's always uh, cost of goods is getting more expensive across the board. <laughs> well, it's, I mean it's interesting because um, you know I've I've, uh, I've worked closely with some attorneys that have been doing this for a long time, and they used to be a whole lot higher. Um, you know, back in the uh, 90s and, you know, even the early 2000s before Napster, you know, the record, you know, the legal fee advances for record deals and publishing deals and merch agreements were hard for me even to wrap my head around. Um, and then the, everything kind of scaled back and everyone was cutting costs. And that was, you know, definitely one of those line item things that was like, all right, we'll, we'll give you some money, but, you know, this is, we're going to cap it at this. And if it's over that, you got to cover it yourself. Um, but as the music business is, you know, rebounded, um, you know, those, you know, I feel like the amount of money going to the writers and artists in those deals has gone up. Um, and it kind of in connection with that, the legal fee uh, advances have, have, uh, have gone up a little bit as well. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is hosted by yours truly, Tim Hunzey, executive producer, Travis Myatt, producer, Brandon Harrington, Mixing and editing by Casey Porter. And this has been a Dime Collective production. 